Good evening. First of all, I have to say Dave's back. That's why we've got no technical glitches or anything like that today. We're straight on, free-flowing. Welcome to Lee Judges TV. Listen, we've got a great episode today. We're going to talk about what is exciting, well, what will make us excited in the transfer window, like, you know, what players will realistically make us excited? Because at the moment, we're not quite as excited as we should be, like, you know, but we'll hold on to that. But before we do that, you know, I do the uh, little uh, thing with uh, Bet Victor. Bet Victor, get on it, get on there, have a look at their um, their, their the channel. Go and have a look at uh, The Last Man Standing, what I'm on. It's a great little show. Um, and I was talking about Chelsea's, um, transfer window and I think it's an appropriate one because we're going to look at Chelsea quickly here and then that will lead us nicely on some more important things the Arsenal It'll be interesting to see what happens to Chelsea does it is this a change for good is this a change for, for the worse like because they talk about spending £200 million and stuff and that sounds like a lot of money but then when you look at the players that have left Chelsea is that £200 million just to cover those ones that have left because if it is then they're probably not going to improve Lukaku deal has to probably go down as one of the worst ever. When you look at, they, they bought him for 100 million euro and I think they're giving him on loan for like 10 million. That's one of the worst deals ever. But getting rid of Lukaku might actually improve the dressing room in the same way Aubameyang leaving Arsenal did. Um, it's it's Tuchel's third season, is it? So I, I think Chelsea are probably one that Chelsea Spurs possibly could push. Welcome, people. Welcome to the show. Um, great debate, I must say. Uh, head over to Bed Vic, Bet Victor and uh, and subscribe to them and, and listen to Lee Judges and the guys talking. Not just Chelsea, not just Man United, not just Tottenham, not just Arsenal. I think everyone's got a huge, huge summer window ahead and it doesn't look like much is accelerating at the moment. So we're going to discuss it. As ever, I'm your host, Dan Potts. I'm with Lee Judges and welcome to the show, Sophie Nicolau. How are you doing, Soph? Anyone for tennis? <laughs> <laughs> I love a bit of tennis. I'm ready to uh, New you know, New smash, balls. you know, smash the old forehand, hit those lobs. Um, I'm ready for today's show. How are you guys? Yeah, all good, man. The sun is shining. Judges is looking brown as ever, mate. Nice little tan you got there, judges. I've yeah. been in the garden the daylight, yeah. Enjoying a little bit of the old uh, like afternoon sun, you can't beat it. It's better than the old sun bed, isn't it? Like, you know, so uh, yeah, and uh, I think we've got another couple more days of it. So, looking forward to a few more sunny days. Is, is this England's two days of summer then? Is that what's happening? Yeah, and then what happens is it smashes it down with rain and thunderstorms. <laughs> and then it can't hack it, can it? The sky right. can't hack it in the UK. Oh, unbelievable. I'm going away for the weekend, like caravanning, like, you know what I mean? Not, not no, my greatest look at you. But, uh, and it, I reckon it was going to rain on Saturday. Bring, <laughs> bring a Mac, bring a back Mac, mate. Yeah. Now, <laughs> when, when, you say, when you say caravanning, because there's camping and there's glamping, there's caravanning and there's... Judges. There's no, no, no. Listen, I, 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 I go um, every year. We all go like load of us just go to the caravan site for a weekend, play a bit of golf for all our families that have been together for ages. So we we nice. do that every every year. So I actually go down that you know I don't mind it. It's a five star caravan, but it's okay. Like it's not my ideal. <laughs> Weekend away. I'm going to be honest. I am going to be honest. Ain't, you know? It ain't like Dubai, is it? <laughs> it's not like Dubai. And, and <laughs> certainly not. And like, do you know when you come in at night after you've had a few? I don't know if you've had anybody that's been in a caravan. 
the cor- the corridor is so small. It's it's it's, it's unreal. I wouldn't even call it a corridor. No, it's just, I don't know what you actually call it. Like you know, it's, it's just a uh, lane. <laughs> it's a lane. Yeah, you know, uh, you can't get too by it. Like you know, and uh, yes, two nights of that is enough for me. Like with a few of them stay down there for the free. They go like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come back Monday. By Sunday, the judge is on his way out. So, Dan, basically, I think maybe Dan would survive it more if you came camping with me and Tony in Idaho, then I'm not sure you'd make it out, Lee. But I have a feeling that Dan might be up to a bit more camping adventure. Yeah, I don't know what it is, so, but you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Dan looks like he's a tent man. I don't know if that is true. He don't mind mind being a tent man. I don't know. I don't know, but... I know that he likes a bit of caravan in the family. Uh, like, you know, I'll, I'll sleep. I'll sleep. I'll sleep on a washing line, me mate. I'll sleep anywhere. <laughs> do you know what I mean? As long as I've had a few beers, I can go to sleep anywhere, mate. So it doesn't bother me tenting. Oh, never you, been you, one. you don't mind the camping life, do you? No, I love it, mate. I love it. I love tenting, caravanning. I don't care. I'm all good with it. I don't understand there's, why there's people no hate it so much. There's no cell phones, though. There's no cell phones where we go. Like once you go. You know, what, into deep, Idaho, deep, you're, you're going deep and there's no cell phone. It's the wilderness. It truly is. It's like you, nature, Mate, whatever. Don't need enough cell phone when you when you out of sight. As an Arsenal I mean? fan, what? you kind of yeah. need that once a year, no? Yeah. <laughs> Probably, preferably, the best time to go is in the transfer window. That's what I reckon, right? Yeah. You know? Well, what are you trying to say, Lee? Is it not busy around that time of year? Well, no, 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 yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I might, might bump into Edu and Artel. I don't know, like, you know, but I, I, I actually went, we actually went camping one time, like, below the fan. You know, like, the, the old... Uh, the football team does it, sort of thing, like you know, when the when 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 my kids were play, when, when my boy was playing football and all that. Like, I ended up going in a hotel. I'm just saying, <laughs> like that. It was not. It was not for me. Sleeping bags were in the van. Off I went. Premier in. There you go, like you know. So. That's a good camping uh, experience, isn't it? Put yourself in the Premier Inn. That's a nice bit of camping. He'd fit, he'd fit in with California camping. If you if I came ever came here, Californians think they camp but really what they do is they take their caravan and they just park it right next to the beach you know uh dan where there's a portaloo like 10 feet away but i say that respectfully there are definitely proper california campers uh, i think but lee would fit in perfectly with that malibu crowd (laughs) Uh, i I think i would i think (laughs) (laughs) he knows he would he knows he would um something to put you in a good mood is sunshine something that would put us all in a good mood is if arsenal signed some players um to be fair we have signed two marcunos and fabio vieira um sophie let's start with you and then me and lee will have a chat we had a chat the other day actually me and lee about it and we weren't ranting and raving we were just concerned about the lack of activity and the fact that apparently these deals are being accelerated well i wouldn't want to see them when they're slowed down uh, that's for sure because uh, <laughs> there's nothing that i've seen accelerated in this window so far um fabio vieira and marquinos on their in, already incoming or have, have been confirmed and lots of rumors of gabriel jesus lots of rumors of rafinha uh, lisandro martinez is another name being tipped to come to the Arsenal and of course uh, Tielemans which is apparently now called or interest mm. is called uh, those names so I'm not going to lie um, some of them would make me happy but none of them really fill me with huge excitement if I'm honest to go wow I cannot wait to get back to the Emirates and watch the likes of those players so am I being a little bit harsh there or are you thinking that perhaps it's on the same wavelength and you need a huge signing to go bang wow this is get me to the Emirates I need to be seeing this team okay 
Mr. D, you know I love you tremendously, but you are being a little bit harsh. The transfer window has been open now for seven days, six days. Is that right? Uh, I don't even know myself. Things are just cooking. Major deals take a long time to happen. The Fabio Vieira, uh, Vieira deal, you can sense it's come early and that's something that the club have obviously escalated. They've identified the player. Let's be honest, right? And I can revert the question back to Mr. Judges and yourself. How many Arsenal fans were excited when we signed Patrick Vieira? How many Arsenal fans were excited when we signed Emmanuel Petit? How many Arsenal fans were excited when we took a broken Burkamp from Inter Milan to... Uh, Highbury, and how many people really believe that Thierry Henry would become the legend that he has today? And you could go lower tier, you could go Lundberg, you could go Adu, you could go as far, you could go Clichy, you could you could keep going, right? This is why I say take a beat, take a breath. This guy in particular, Marquinhos, I don't want to talk about. Haven't seen enough of him. He's young. He hasn't really delivered on the European stage. It took how long for Martinelli to actually become an active member of the first team? So I'm parking him to the right because he may be shifted to the left once the season starts. Whether or not he has the talent, we shall see. Vieira, on the other hand, has helped Porto to their 30th league title. And here's the scoop, Dan. Luis Diaz goes to Liverpool and is considered... Oh, miracle signing, signing of the season, January transfer window signing. What a guy. Who cares about Mane leaving? We've got Diaz now, Liverpool fans, you know, whatever the narrative may be. We sign his wingman and it's like, what? Why? This guy's really talented. We did a little vignette on the show yesterday with Kevin Hatchard, who does a lot of TV commentary commentary in uh, in Europe and has seen him play at length. Everyone talking about him being slight and being weak and looking like he needs to put on muscle. Excuse me. You know, Bernardo Silva's slight. You know, the new modern day player in his position is slight. Why are we looking to pick holes in someone once again before they've even come into the club and kicked the ball? He's not just a throw money at Let's sign a guy. This has been, you can tell from the timing of the release of the announcement, it's been thought of very carefully. They've they've covered him diligently. You know, I'm sure that a lot of teams wanted Diaz, of course. Vieira isn't sloppy seconds. Look at him as a Portuguese under-21 international, one player of the tournament at the Euros. The dude is really talented. And you know what? He's going to be up Udegaard's butt. He's going to give him a run for his money. Now, he may not be the answer initially, but I say hold the mayo, hold the mustard. It's not just like, oh, we've thrown 30-plus million at a, an, an average player. No, this is a player who is the captain of the Portuguese under-21 team and a player who contributed to Porto. And I don't care what people say about Porto, it's Portuguese football. When they were winning the Champions League with Mourinho and they've done well over the years, we lured them with Hulk and... Um, the Colombian player that I'm remiss right now who went to Manchester United towards the tail end of his career, but that partnership that they had at the time, you know, the players that have emerged from that club and now people want to poo-poo it because Arsenal signed Vieira. No. Sorry. Listen, 
<clears throat> Lee, I want I want to put the question back to you, and I want to tell you why I agree and disagree with what Sophie's saying. Mm. I agree, Sophie's one hundred percent right that some of the names that we've signed of over the years have been like who, and they've turned out to be fantastic. <clears throat> Even as recent as Tommy Asu, I had no idea who Tommy Asu was, and uh, he's turned out to be a very good signing, albeit injury prone this season. But for me, a really good signing and one that I thought was uh, very wise business. But at the same time. I do feel like we need something to make us all get out of our seats and go, OK, now we're talking. Now you're showing ambition, Arsenal. But perhaps we're unrealistic with that because we're not in the Champions League. We're not going to go and sign an Mbappe or a Haaland. Perhaps we need to accept that although the title of this podcast is what will make us excited, perhaps we're not going to be this transfer window. And perhaps we need to accept that some of the players we're going for are going to fill positions and perhaps be upgrades, but maybe they're not going to lift us out of our seat to go wow. Because Jesus, Rafinha, Tielemans, they were all actually good players and I'd be okay with them. But I don't look at them and go, okay, now we're ready to go for Liverpool and Man City. And maybe we're just not going to, mate. So what's your thoughts, judges? No, I think you're right. And I think it's stepping stones trying to get into the right direction. And I think that's what, what it is. I haven't got a problem, as Sophie said, and I, I never have done with players coming in that I've never heard of because sometimes they can work. It doesn't like big signings sometimes don't work. You know, there's, there's no there's no formula for success or not. You know, uh, look at we spent a lot of money on Pepe, but it just hasn't worked. But then on the other end, we spent hardly anything on Martinelli, and I can tell you the one that excites me more out of the two. I'm going to be honest: is Martinelli, who I never heard of, but. I watched him for 10 minutes against Newcastle when he when he made his debut and I thought, oh, he'd do for me. As you quite rightly said, Tommy Essen, my problem at the moment is of Arsenal. I watched Arsenal all the last season and I, 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 I look at it and I think, right, where do Arsenal need to improve dramatically? For me, it's up front as a striker and in midfield, the two central midfield players. We're going all out to get a, a wide man in Rafinha that at this moment in time, in my opinion, and it's only my opinion, is not what we what we desperately need. What we need is central midfield players to push Partey and Xhaka. We've brought Vieira, who's going to back up Ulegaard, which is fantastic. Ulegaard played most of last season. I look at um, <clears throat> central midfield, Partey hardly played. So where's the backup there? Where's the intent there? to get in a Tillemans and that. And I'd be very, very happy if a Tillemans or someone of that ilk comes along. Now, we wasn't in for uh, Basuma um, for, for whatever reason. I want to know why. Because at the end of the day, he's an upgrade on what, what we've got. We chose not to go for him. So that looks to me, OK, fair enough. We're not going for him. So we're going for somebody else and look for, for somebody else to go into that position. Now, I want that sorted out. Now, the, the Jesus one, yeah, again, it's encouraging, but it's the one that's not going to go, me, I'm not going to go over the top about it because a lot of Arsenal fans and everybody else is saying, yeah, if Manchester City had a forward, they would have won the league by 30 points. Well, you know, what is Jesus then? So I, 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 I get that, but ultimately I think he'd be a good sign for us because he'd be coming in as the, the main man. Now, what I'm, what, what I'm concerned about at this moment in time is that we bought two players. It is not improving our starting 11. Our starting 11 needs to be improved. Our starting 11 last season wasn't good enough. Now, when people say, oh, yeah, well, Partey and Tierney were, were in the side and all that, like, yeah, very good. But half the season, they're not in the side. So you have to look at that, and that is what I'm looking at. So for me, the priority positions this season is a centre-forward, central midfield player, 
and left back. They should have been the first three signings through the door. That would have excited me. That would have given me hope going forward. Not, not a Leeds player, a wide player, when you've got a player like Pepe that's hardly ever played. So you could have used him as much. You know, people are saying, oh, well, Saka was burnt out last season. Could have used Pepe, didn't choose to. So Rafinho seems to be that same sort of a player. I know we're going to have more games and everything like that. So that is my worry. Who is going to come in in place of Partey when he's not out for most of this season? El Nenny? Lukonga? We know that that doesn't get us to top four. More importantly, when Shaka gets injured like he did or like last season and the pair of them were out, where are we then? And that is my problem at this moment. Get those priority areas sorted out. And I'll tell you what, I'll sleep at night and look forward to it. But I'll tell you this now, come 5th of August... If we haven't got those players in place, I'm going to be worried. And I don't want no excuses. Oh, we've got another couple of weeks in the window. We ain't there. We've got three weeks now to sort those positions out. We've had all year. January, we know we hadn't had a striker. And now we know that we need to, we need strength in midfield. It's been highlighted by the injuries. Deal with them. Get it sorted. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I agree. I agree with that, and I do know there's time left. And people will say, "Oh, it's just open. Let's sit back, chill out, and relax. Come on, let's enjoy the summer." But actually, um, we uh, we ain't got time to do that. We got to think quick, in my opinion, because we're uh, we're gonna get left behind, in my opinion, otherwise. So. I do look at Chelsea and United and think they've got a lot to do and I don't see much happening over there, which is good news for us. But obviously, we've seen Tottenham act already. So, if I want to come to you on the Rafinha because I actually think Judge has been a little bit harsh in terms of the Pepe-Rafinha comparison. I know he's not comparing the two players, but also saying that perhaps Saka might get burnt out. I actually think that, that signing would incite me um, more than the others. I think Rafinha is a player that I think can get a lot better at 25 years old. Leeds is best player. And it looks like we're massively interested. My problem is that they want a lot of money and we're not prepared, apparently, to offer that from rumours that you hear. I've got no ITK. But from what we hear, they want about 65 to 70 and we're only prepared to pay about 50. And our first bid's been rejected. Does it excite you, however, Soph, that Jesus and Rafinha uh, could be added to our front line, which, of course, we're very, very short? So, Jesus excites me and... I think it's a little harsh when Lee talked about he hasn't been able to establish himself as the main man at Manchester City. That's not because of him. That's because of how Pep likes to play and tinker and manage his side. If you look at his goal ratio from when he's a sub to when he's not and when he's trying to get in a team and Aguero is the main man, you know, Origi is considered a cult hero for Liverpool for scoring how many goals in uh, two competitions and Jesus having backed Aguero and being an unsung hero who's come in and stepped in and helped that side. Once again, I like to go to the evidence, your honour, that when Arsenal were looking to sign someone, it's viewed as X, whereas if Tottenham signed Jesus, it would be like, oh, what a coup from Conte. I'm actually really sick of the narrative and as much as I have been a critic of Arteta, I'm a defender of my club and I really think that when you look at last summer's summer transfer window, everyone started on the poo-poo bandwagon pretty quickly. you got to let things marinate, right? Now, 
Do I agree that you need to bring in those positions? Yes, Lee, but does it matter if it's now or the end of the window? I think the issue that you have and most Arsenal fans have is we've been here before. January, we waited week one, nothing. Week two, nothing. Week three, nothing. Week four, nothing. So we let Aubameyang go, who wasn't really scoring any goals anyway. But what we didn't do was bring in a reinforcement. And knowing that Tierney's injury prone, we didn't plan for that properly when you knew that you didn't have faith in Lukonga, uh, in um, in Tavares, sorry. And then when you understood that Tomiyasu's injury was a little bit more severe, you didn't do anything about that either. You lose three key plays that changes the complexity of the team. Now, the Rafinha question is, yes, why not? He's a good player, plays for his country, has helped Leeds tremendously. And let's not forget, once again, when he was at Leeds in live games, I don't know about you, but I lost count how many times commentators would laud his talent, his ingenuity, his um, freedom, his spontaneity. So why not bring in a player like that? Create competition. Vieira, create competition for Odegaard. Pepe, you haven't created competition for Saka. Move stage right, bring the next guy in. Emil Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, fight for that spot. Like um, Eddie, just because you've been given the number 14 shirt doesn't mean you're the main man. It's just a number. You're going to have competition. Jesus hopefully will be the guy that brings that in. I have a horrible feeling that another club will hijack that deal at the end. And I have a horrible feeling the club have put a lot of marketing dollars into selling us Eddie as the main man. So that's the part that's a bit weird for me. But as for Rafinha and stuff and players like him, we need that creativity, but I agree with Lee also. What are you doing to protect all of that? And that's where I think the rubber meets the road for Arsenal, where they've been weak in multiple transfer windows when they've never been able to kind of like be smarter when it comes to replacing Patrick Vieira, replacing X, replacing Y. Koscielny's gone, Vermaelen's gone, you know, left-back's injury prone. Those are the moments I feel like we're the weakest in, in, in the market. Yeah, 100%. Lee, when I look at Jesus and Rafinha coming in, I'm cool with it. But when I look at Jesus and Nketiah as our only two centre-forwards, I'm not so convinced that that's enough, mate, going forward. Do you think we still need another striker as well as Jesus, who's maybe a different profile striker of a target man um, type? Well, we've got Balligan in there. Don't forget we've got Balligan. I, I like to see Balligan starting most of the Europa League games this season and then going on loan in January, like, you know, um, totally agree with what Sophie's saying there. Listen, when, when, I'm, I'm, I'm not against the Jesus one. I, I think it could work out for us. And I'll tell you why, because when he goes into a team meeting uh, at Manchester City on a Friday, he don't know whether he's playing or not. He might score two goals at the, at the game before and then he's left out. When he comes to Arsenal, it's a different mentality. He knows he's going to be playing most weeks. Like, you know, goes into that meeting, you know, if you play, you're going to score and it might work for us and all that. Like, I do feel it's still a bit of a gamble, but looking at him in, 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 a, in a positive note, look at when he's been given the chance at City, he's banged in goals. And so, listen, we, it's an improvement on what, we, what we've got. Do you know why? Because we've got nothing. Yeah. We've only got, at this moment, Eddie. And what happens if anything happens to Eddie? We've got Martinelli, who's still young and raw, and everybody keeps telling me he's a left-sided player. So, we have got to... We have got to um, to look at that area. And I think it's very, very important. Now, we've known since January, or the, the day that Aubameyang left, that we knew we needed a forward, whether it be uh, in January or not. We chose not to get no one in January, chose to go with Lacazette and we knew was leaving. We need to get that forward in. And, and 
Sophie makes a great point there. She fears, she fears that this movie that could be hijacked. And that's what I think is the worry with me with everything, Arsenal, because we've been here before. You know, also with Rafinha, I've I, I'm not got nothing against Rafinha and all that, like, you know. I, I'm looking at it and going, he's got two years left of his contract. It's going to be very, very hard to get him. Big money, like, you know. Rumours are that he don't want to come to Arsenal in the first place. Then I look at it and I think, right, okay, like, let's look at it. Zaha, year left of his contract. Gnabry, a year left of his contract. Sterling, a year left of his contract. Would they be more sensible and viable players to go for? Might be easier to get, not so expensive. I don't know. You know, unless there is a real feel that, that Arsenal have spoken to Rafinha, you know, the Brazilian connection and everything like that. What I want to do, what, what I, 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 how can I put this? Whether I'll be excited, if I see Jesus come through the door and Rafinha, I'll be, I'll be relieved more than excited because I think, like, oh, great, Arsenal going down the right direction. I just, I, I don't think I'm going to be excited by any of the transfers. I wasn't excited by last season's transfers, but they were good transfers. That doesn't mean to say that because you're not excited that they're not good tra- transfers. Like, yeah, good when point. we buy someone like Vieira, which is a good thing for us, why have we called from Tinnemans? What, 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 why? It, you know, a proper club goes in and goes. You know what? I'll have him, and I'll have him. I think, I think there's the art of negotiation is really quite something to behold and the player has his purpose and then the agent has their purpose and the club of course have their purpose now this is just my humble gut instinct opinion nothing i've read or nothing i know i think the rafinho team are utilizing arsenal as bait for barcelona to bite the team that he wants to join is barcelona Mm. right now tielemans um, has just seen a player like Basuma go to Tottenham and guarantee himself Champions League football. Prior to the season ending, was the desire more to join Arsenal? Yes. But why have negotiations slowed down and died down? Is it because we didn't qualify for Champions League football? And so therefore, you know, why would he come to us when he may have other options? There's always, you know, this... Um, this bait and switch in in these weeks. And it's going to be so topsy-turvy. You just have to kind of like take each each moment as it comes. But a deal like certain deals just get done, right? Liverpool got their Nunes deal done. Tottenham got their Perisic deal done. They got their Basuma deal done. You know, United are going back and forth with Barcelona for De Jong because why? There's a domino effect to fall there. And so sometimes things can't happen until that first domino falls. And I don't know if the Tielemans is dependent on a domino. Is it dependent on Xhaka maybe not staying? Is Xhaka still up in the air? We don't know. Seems like Arteta wants Xhaka big time and he's the number one guy on his his team sheet, it appears. But there's a lot, a lot more to this. And I feel like some of the players that we're associated with, are we just part of the pawn in, in that negotiating phase. And we've seen that happen before to us many times. Mm, so if, do you oh. think that we need another striker as well as Jesus? Oh, God, Kevin? yeah. But I would be going I, I for... I can't understand why we're going for those. Those, those two is not enough for me. That's... You know why? You know why? Because they're both slight. 
We've never, Dan, you and I had this conversation, I think, on one of our shows in the past, maybe with Lee as well, that we've never replaced Giroud. No, we haven't. And look what Giroud's gone on to do. No, and, and, you know, probably a very underappreciated player, to be honest with you, but we've never replaced him. And what's our plan B? Sometimes people say, well, what is Arteta's plan A? Well, okay, we've seen some of that. We know that, you know, ideally, as we move forward into next season, he's going to want to play a 4-3-3. How adaptable is that going to be, depending on who you bring in? Now you're creating competition with various players. What does that mean? Are you going to set up a certain way against the top teams and a certain way against the lesser teams? Have we learned our lesson from maybe disrespecting some of those lesser teams in how we set up, Dan? So it's all encompassing in kind of what he wants. Every player is a cog to the wheel. We're not a glamour signing club. We're a signer player that becomes a cog in the wheel. And that is especially true with Mikel Arteta. He wants his industry to fit that cog in his wheel. What can they do? How often can they do it? How consistent can they be at doing it? And do they meet my criteria on and off the pitch in terms of character um, and, and player profile? And I think that's the type of arsenal that we're looking at. So don't go crazy if we don't sign the marquee name. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Judges, what's your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, also I think which is, a, is a, I, I think if you look back at the Ben White one last season, a little bit of positives from that. Ben, ben White was paid over the top, but also at one stage the negotiations weren't going well. If you remember rightly, oh, like we ain't going to be able to get in all that. Ben White turned around and said, Arsenal did contact me and say, look, don't worry about it. We will get it, the deal done. Just be patient. They may actually be saying that to Tillemans. Look, you know, like at the moment, Leicester's valuation is far too higher than what we, we're prepared to play with. A year left of your contract. Just stay with it. We're, we're going to come in. I don't know. That could be something to do with it, like, you know. And as, as Sophie said, negotiations, you know, I mean, Le- Leicester might be saying, look, we want this and we want that for him. And at the end of it, um, it's unrealistic when you've got a year left of your contract, you know. So it's a um, bit of a um, gamble game, isn't it? Chicken run sort of thing, like, you know what I mean? Like, wait, wait and see what happens, you know. And, that, and at the end of the day, as it was, we will know that being at Arsenal, that with a year left of your contract, you know, it, it can can be a not a very good situation to be in. So I don't know, like you know. So I, I think maybe that deal could be more advanced than what people know. I'm not. We so, both, I, we I, both not. everybody on here wants Tillemans, I guess. Yeah, because I I would love Tillemans. I think he'd be. Oh, someone like that. I want someone. I'm yeah. not saying Tillemans exactly, but someone like that. You know what I mean? Like you know, Paul Bob would be very nice. He's a free transfer. Somebody like that, if I'll be honest. You know but what if I mean? he Is comes you, in, mate? if he comes in, you've got Fabio Vieira now, you've got Udegaard. Tielemans is Xhaka's replacement. Yeah. Does he... So, but when Partey's so injury prone, Arsenal aren't going to give up an asset. I, I know many people may th- not like me saying this, but Xhaka is one of our biggest assets. Albeit we couldn't sell him for more than 15 million after he starred at the Euros. So what would his value be now? But the problem for Arsenal is not the value in the market, it's the value of the team. And then if you let that asset and that value go, what can you find in the marketplace to replace it? So the issue for us again is not just who's coming in, it's who's there. What do they have to offer? And if they don't have anything to offer, what can we get for them? I mean, you're still talking about Torreira and Maitland-Niles and, you know, players like this. 
is Reese Nelson going to have a career at Arsenal? There's a lot of assets. And I think we're also ignoring who's going to step up. Is Aziz going to get a shot this season? Is Patino going to get a shot? Lee brings up Balogun. Is he going to get a shot? Is there any intention really of bringing in another striker? Are you going to rely on Eddie and Balogun? I don't think we can go down that route, mate. I really don't think we want to be seeing these E's and Patinos and Balogans now. Like, but that's I know the issue. Is a... Like, it tells you a lot about the, um, the, the, the way the club mm. are managing the transfer market thus far. You know, they're probably waiting for a lot of these other elements to fall into place because clearly we know there's some players at the club that don't have a future, but we might not be able to move people on. I think you're right, and I think we're going to struggle to get money for some of those players. I think we'll be able to move them on, but they're probably going to have to go for pennies. I mean, Leno was bought for 26. It looks like Fulham won him for about eight. Bellerin is a player that probably we could have got 30 million for a few years ago. We're not even going to get 10 for him probably now. Torreira, likewise, he'll be about the same. I'm looking at players that are bought for £72 million. Pounds. We're probably going to get 20 for him if we're lucky in Pepe. So we're not going to get a lot of money for these players and I think we just have to accept that and know that they're not good enough and we have to move them on. But what I don't want, Soph and Lee, is what we had last time. That we say, oh, but, you know, Chaka, yeah, we, he's back in now because Party's got injured. Oh, Jesus, good signing, but he's just done his ACL. Eddie comes back in. A team that couldn't get his top four is now back in playing first-team football again. And I don't want to go down that route. So if Eddie and Chaka have to be third choice now, so be it. If they're not happy with that, then they go. I'm sorry they go. Granite Chaka has been in the midfield for six seasons and we've not kicked a Champions League football. He's not good enough. You might like him, you might think he's great, he might be a real good professional, he might be loved by Wenger and Emery and Arteta, but he is not going to take us forward. I'm sorry he's not. The proof's in the pudding. Six years without Champions League football, Chakra and Elneny are still here. If Chakra and Elneny play next season, we ain't going to get top four, because for the last six years we haven't, and it's harder now. So, for me, we need to be moving up and upgrading on that. And if Tielemans is an option for us, that, for me, is an upgrade on Granite Chaka. I think Fabio Vieira has come as a squad player. I don't think he's going to come in and walks in the team. I think there's options and maybe an opportunity if party is fit, and cross, fingers crossed he will be this season, for maybe Vieira and Erdegaard to play in a kind of uh, number eight um, in front of Thomas Party as a six. So that is that is what I think could be a rotate, squad rotation. But I need to see that we are covering these positions. And I'm really worried that we are going to fall short in the window and we're not going to have a Thomas Party uh, cover that's any better than Lokonga. And we're not going to have a centre-forward any better than Nketiah when Jesus gets a knock. And that's my big worry. <clears throat> Judges, I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that what happens is that... Um... There is this tendency to worry, oh, what are we going to do with what happens? This player's not playing and not ever. Listen, there's lots more games this season. I can see why there was a smaller squad last season because you haven't got Europe. But, like, there are games now when you're going to have Europe. It's not so much now, but when it comes in January, like, you know, when the, when it really matters. You know, we can actually play a lot of the younger guys and uh, in, in these um, group stages and still get through. It's once you go into the next, you know, the, the latter part of the season, after that World Cup, don't forget players are going to come back maybe a little bit jaded and all that. From that January to that, to that, to that May, that's where it's going to be key. And that's where you're going to need big, big squad, big players to come in. Now, Granit Xhaka, for instance, um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I know what Dan's saying and I, I agree with it to a certain degree, but it's not just them two in midfield that's reasons why we haven't... Uh, 
got to Champions League football. There's a certainly, it certainly weren't for, I don't think it was Shaka's fault that we didn't get Champions League football last season towards the end. I thought he was one of our better players towards the end of the season. It was just, you know, other, other things that happened. But ultimately, you know, he's dead right. I, I, I think at the end of the day, five substitutes next season. I don't want to see me sitting at the Emirates paying £90 for my season uh, for a game and my season ticket and looking at the bench going, um, oh, oh, get your programme out. Who's the number 38? Who's the number 74 that's running up and down the line? You know what I mean? Which we've had this season, by the way, on a few, few occasions. Players that I've not seen or even heard of and then also not even getting on. You know what I mean? We was actually playing with about two or three substitutes last season. And that, that is so we, we have got to get a stronger squad going. Like, you know, Shaka could get injured after five minutes. Who are you going to bring on? Who are we bringing on against Manchester City or, or, or Liverpool or whoever it may be in the first 10, 15 minutes of the game? That is what I'm saying. We've got to be prepared for, for, for things to happen. So for me, if Shaka's playing first game of the season, I ain't got a problem with that. But if Tillemans is on the bench, great. And, 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 and move it around and all that. Let's get this straight. Partey is not going to last the season. Why? Proust in the pudding. He didn't last last season. He didn't last the season before. He will miss games. No two ways about it. So you've got to get someone in there that's going to help that going in there. That is what I'm saying. You've got it now with Udegaard and Vieira. It's, it's like, as, as we're saying, realistically, you could actually say that um, that Smith-Rowe could play that role as well. So, you know, where is, is it a vital signing? What I'm saying is it's a great sign. I'm not saying it's not. But where is the vitalness we need? The cog, which Sophie was, I like that word, the cog of what sort of players that. What is the cog of a football team? It's the midfield. You need to be strong in that midfield. Now, we played games last season with Lukonga and I think it might have been when Smith Rowe was in it because those two were injured. Shaka, I think, got suspended. I, might, I can't remember. I think he was and everyone suspended. else was in Africa. And, and, and yeah, and he wasn't there, right? So, for instance, from that point of view, we know how weak the midfield was then. So it needs strengthening. It's been highlighted that it needs strengthening. So strengthen it. And in fact, it only got better when um, El Nenny came into the midfield. And then El Nenny, no, no, I'm not having a dig at No, him. no, you're right, though. You're right. Well, and and I, like, I like what El Nenny does. Yeah, no, he's you're right. You're right. midfield up tenfold towards the end of the season. So. We need an upgrade on that. That tells you so what you need. That tells you all you need to know. It just tells it you everything. It's highlighted. And, and I think you I feel it. I feel like we're so congested in that position, Soph. Maitland Niles, Torreira, Shaka, Lukonga, Oneni, Party, and maybe if we get another one, Tielemans. But it's all pretty average, isn't it, at the moment? There's nobody in there that you go, okay, I tell you what, we don't need another midfielder, because look, we got six in there. There there's about four of them that you'd think they're all right. I don't really want Chaka and Elneny playing every game. I hope Party stays fit. Trust me, I do. Because then we're back to last season's midfield. So I can see why, personally, we need another DM and or a, or a box-to-box like Tielemans or maybe even both still in this midfield, mate. So as bad as Xhaka has been in big games and cost us and been clumsy, um, he's also been someone who we've relied on this season and yeah. i'm not here to toot jacker's horn in any yeah, way shape, or form right so you also have you both, to look you at you by far a bit but go on keep going. <laughs> let's look at who he's been surrounded by 
over the years. Is Partey really his first true battleground partner that that he has had? You know, one of the things Arsenal failed to do is build on talent. So you had Sanchez at one point, you had Santi, you had Ozil. You didn't do anything to protect that core in that midfield. You had, you know, you could say a, a, a sexy attacking core, but what did you do to defend that attacking core? You ended up with centre-backs who were injury-prone. So... What I'm saying is, is that sometimes, and we see, for example, Man United, look at the issues they've had in midfield. Who partners who? Who makes who stronger? Who makes who wiser? Right? So has, if, if Xhaka has a Martinez next to him, sorry, guys, I know he's maybe not someone that everyone's discussed on the show today, but because we keep talking Tielemans, you know, and we've got Vieira, of course. But if you have a Xhaka, Martinez you know, Udegaard in front of them, or you have a Partey, uh, you know, a, a, a Partey, Martinez, that when you're talking about that caliber of player with that type of capability to change a game on a whim, Dan and Lee, he reminds me of Alonso, Javi uh, Alonso, sweeping kind of, you know, passes that can break down any team in any game. Lee said it right. That midfield, look at Liverpool, that back line is great, but the, the midfield protects them. Look at Manchester City. That back line is great, but that midfield is like the moat. You know, uh, in the years United was successful, that midfield was the engine. When we were great, our midfield were the rock stars. You know, so there's there's something that we need to do in order to kind of build the core. Where are you building from inward and then going outward too? And for me, the most important critical signings this summer in in that midfield as well as an, a, a, a backup on the left back and, and the right back because creatively I think we can get better at scoring goals yeah I, I think that's another good point that we need we need to add goals to the midfield as well you know like, exactly uh, that, that is a very very key like you know and, and, and listen we're not what, what I'm saying I'm, I'm I'm I don't expect Arsenal to make signings like of 100 million pound players I'm expecting Arsenal to be shrewd in what they do you know, like Tillemans would have been a shrewd signing for us. Uh, Basuma would have been a, sh a shrewd signing for us for the money we've got in those midfield. We're not asking and saying that we want hundred million pound players or players that like Pogba for four hundred thousand pound a week. We, we, we're realistic. We know where we are. We're we've got a young projects, and I'm gonna I'm encouraged with what what Edu has turned around and said that you know over the next couple of weeks Arsenal fans are going to be excited. I don't know if he's taking the Mickey when he says that, but like I'm, 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 I'm going to tend to to believe him. The the, the noise from the states is that we're getting is that Josh Cronkie has said there is a lot of money to there is going to be money spent on and invested in Arsenal this season. So all the right noises are coming around, which is what we want to hear, and get those people in in position. So I feel, as a fan, that we've got a good chance of getting above Tottenham a good chance of getting in top four, and more importantly, a good chance of winning the Europa League, which will take us into the Champions League. They're the things that I want. I, I, why are Sky coming? Why are Sky broadcasting that game on a Friday night? <clears throat> I tell you what, that I, I guarantee you they're not 
there to see Arsenal win 3 or 4-0 and all our lovely new shiny signings. No, they're there to see us get humiliated and beaten like we was at Brentford last season because they know it makes great TV. So and what we were we've at Palace to, on the Monday night last year it, as well. So that's where, like, you know, and that's it. So we go to Palace, right? And we make sure we've got all our our players into position so that doesn't happen. Messing Sky up, nice little 2-0 win or a boring 1-0 win. I love it because that would really mess them up. I mean, they're there for one reason. And the reason is because Arsenal, over the years, have continued to foul and not be ready for the season. No excuses no more. Get ready for this season. You've got the money. You've got the time because, obviously, there is a lot more time with um, the transfer window with no World Cup and all that. Get it done. Let's get it into position. So we go to that game against Crystal Palace. In good shape. Yeah, 100%. Big up KC in the chat. Uh, Kevin Campbell, hope you're all well. He says, there's no more excuses. We need a big summer. Um, I agree. Um, We need a squad that can compete. He says, no excuses. So I had Kev on my uh, new show yesterday, actually, and we were speaking about this. And, you know, a lot of people say that Kev's the Arteta defence lawyer and that he is just a yes man for the process. He's Esquire. He's come out and said, no more excuses now. This summer... There's no more, oh, it's not his side. There's no more he needs another transfer window. There's none of these excuses now. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We have to get, champion, in my opinion, uh, Europa League and secure ourselves into the Champions League. That's what I need to see. I don't want to be seeing any more of this. You've got Europa League and it's so great that Arsenal back in Europe. All this nonsense that we heard last season. That, for me, is done now. We need to be pushing forward and showing some progress. So uh, what's your thoughts, of? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe we'll be baking a reverse humble pie <laughs> yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end of next season for Mr. Super Kev, Super Kevin Campbell, although it's going to have to be sugar-free, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> so for me, for me, I just feel that... Will it arrive? <laughs> the Premier League gets tougher and tougher every single season. And Kev and I have argued a lot this season and discussed and had passionate conversations and agreeable conversations about our club. And at the core of everything, like sometimes I compare my industry to it. Like I may believe in a film, but if the studio are only giving me X amount to market it, there's only so much I can do. And then after that, you have to be inventive. You have to think outside the box. You have to find people who believe in the same thing that you do, right? in order to be able to kind of like sell a vision and, and push something forward. And I think Arsenal have become a nickel and dime club. And I say that with as much respect as I can, because I think we lost all of our respect in the the Luis um, Suarez transfer, the 40 plus one pound, the arrogance of it, the, the just damnation of it. And ever since then, it, it feels like we've lost that edge. We've lost this kind of prowess, the team that actually signed Sol Campbell under Tottenham's noses. Boom. Here you go. No one knew about it. Amazing. I don't care what anyone says. When Ozil signed, that was sexy. When Sanchez signed, that was sexy. When Van Persie signed, that was sexy. You know, there have been some players you have signed that became sexy. Arsenal Football Club is still sexy. We're just not doing very sexy things. Man City are a small club doing big things becoming bigger. We're a big club doing nothing. 
And it all starts with who's at the top. How big do you want to be? On tonight, on television, Stan Kroenke's Colorado Avalanche could go 3-1 up in the Stanley Cup finals. They could end up winning the Stanley Cup in the same year they won the Super Bowl. Don't tell me he doesn't have ambition. Don't tell me he doesn't want to win. He just wants to do it at his pace, within his rules, and how he wants it. So we as a club may have to wait until he's ready to do for the Arsenal what he's done for the Rams and the Avalanche. And unfortunately, Arteta and Adu will be the men in the front line, and sometimes they'll screw up too. But ultimately, if you want to build something massive, the money men are the ones that make that happen. That's our problem. They are. They are. My question mark would be whether they have the ambition of the Rams at Arsenal. That would be my one question mark. And um, I think we're yet to see that. Um, I think they've definitely spent a hell of a lot of money at Arsenal. That's for sure. But unfortunately, giving somebody 450 million now, um, which is what it will be at the end of this window, we need to see some action if things aren't progressing. And if, for me, he doesn't get into the Champions League or it looks like he's not going to, we have to pull the, pull the plug and, and try and save the season and not wait well, he, too He's late. trusted Sean McVay. He lost a Super Bowl. He lost at Western Conference. He's stuck with the young manager. He's going to stick with Arteta. What he's done I believe so. quite, I believe will. quite willingly is fire hierarchy. That's what I would like to see him do more at Arsenal is hire more. Do you know what I would do? I know people say she's tainted because of Abramovich's era and whatever, but Marina, the smart woman who ran Chelsea for what, however long, you know, I would go get someone like her. Go get yeah. someone like her if you really are ambitious and you want to grow a club and become a force again in football. Go do something like that because the aggressiveness at that part of the tree, Dan and Lee, is as important as what happens in the middle and on the pitch. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. And I think, Lee, I have said this to you before. I'm looking at Cronky whatever now, really, because yeah. he's putting money in, he's putting money in, he's putting money in. When does he want to start seeing us move forward? Because that's what needs to happen if you're putting money in. And when that doesn't happen, what then happens to the people that aren't doing the, the job. Does he keep them and give them more money or does he get them out and change something? Does he change something in the hierarchy like Sophie's saying? I need to see something. I can't just see more money thrown at the same bloke next season and just hope and hope and hope. I was speaking to Saeed last night and he said, worry is Arteta might just not be good enough, Dan. It might not just be not good enough. And we stuck with Oli way too long way, way too long, and now it's going to take us longer again. And he said, your worry could be you stick with Arteta for way too long, then you decide, actually, we have to get rid of him now because it ain't going to get any better, and then we start all over again. Let's just, he said, change it now and get somebody you know is going to win. Not, I'll give another youngster a few more transfer windows. Go and get the likes of a Mancini or Simeone. That's what he wanted to see. And he's okay with Ten Hag, he said. You know, I'm okay with Ten Hag because at least he's got experience and he's won stuff at Ajax as a philosophy and style of play. But I just wonder, Lee, how much faith he is going to have in Mikel Arteta. And it worries me, like Sophie says, that he's stuck with Sean McVay, whatever happened, through thick and thin. And I think if we get another sixth or seventh place finish, we're probably going to see Mikel Arteta staying at Arsenal because Kronk nah. has believed in him. No, nah, I don't think that we will. I think that the That's fans now... No, I think the fans, even even fans that I, I, I've spoken to that are really backing, uh, backed Arteta last season to the hill, have actually said to me, no more excuses. They're all at that, you know what I mean? We've backed the club. We've backed Arteta as much as we can now. He must deliver after this transfer window. When you go... One of the, one, um, one 
one of my mates turned around and said, which is a great point. He said, if you choose to do nothing in January and then you get it wrong in the summer, you're under the pump. And he is a big, big Mikel Arteta and uh, process fan. You know what I mean? It's back to him to the hill, you know, singing the song with a passion and all that. But that is what he actually said. And I, do you know what? I looked at him and I go, yeah, I agree. But he, he, he said to me, don't, don't lose your stuff at the moment. Let's see what it happens. And I said to him, what about um, at the end of the, you know, what is this going to be at the end of the transfer window? And he went, no. When we go out, run out on that go- at Selhurst Park, he wants to see a team which Mikel Arteta has not promised, but like which the fans have believed that he will deliver. The, the backing that Mikel Arteta has had has got to come to fruition for him now. He has got to deliver. He must get that right every game now. There can't be the mistakes that have been made. They cannot go on. You can, if you continue to make the same mistakes, then you're a fall. And more importantly, then the people that are following them are falls as well. So, like that is basically what he said. And I think it's a great point, you know. Yeah, and, it is. You know, so I do think that you know it is now the time's up. You, you know, it's like do you remember when you used to go on the boats. You know, your time's up, number nine. You've got to come in now. Well, it's Mikel Arteta, number eight. Your time is coming to an end, unless you get it right. If he gets off to a good start, if, and I, I really mean this, if he gets everything right in the transfer window and we get off to a good start, then, you know, with the fo- the force of the fans behind behind him, Arsenal could do some really good stuff. Yeah, It's yeah. it's tipping either way at the moment. He's really got to nail it in this, this transfer window. I think Kevin has always said it as well uh, as we have. It will show the ambition it will show you everything you need to know about Mikel Arteta in these next three weeks. Yeah, and massively, mate. So no, if I a young player agree. doesn't work out, it's the player's fault. It's never Mikel Arteta. You know, it's not like we don't have a talented team and our starting eleven wasn't good. Whose fault is it we didn't reinforce in January? Whose fault is it we didn't replace Aubameyang even though he wasn't scoring goals? Whose fault is it who put Lekonga out in no man's land in midfield and played Jacker at left back when he should have learned That's... that lesson from the Europa League semi-final? Whose fault is it that we floundered against Brighton and Southampton? The players have been culpable in games. Crystal Palace, unforgivable. Newcastle, unforgivable. Tottenham, unforgivable, but Mikel Arteta is not immune to criticism and he's made mistakes. So as much as we're relying on these young players to learn from their season, let's hope our manager has also learned from his arrogance and his mistakes from last season and maybe the season prior as well. Mate, that's such a great point because we talk about me in particular, Granit Xhaka makes the same mistakes, can't forgive him. It's got to be. It's got to work for other people as well. You know, Mikel Arteta. Yeah. When I see him in two seasons playing Chaka at left back and leaving our midfield with nobody in it, you're not learning from your mistakes. And you know, to do that in such crucial times in both in both seasons against the team that we had to beat to get to a Europa League final and a team that if we did beat, we would have got top four. It's just unforgivable for me. And and both of them are sackable offences. But I want to do this just to lastly because we've only got a few minutes left. What from both of you? This is start with Lee then. So. What would excite you in the coming weeks, Lee Judges? 
What would excite me? Oh, um, a couple of blondes. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. I'm footballing I'm in the transfer window. Sorry. Knowing you. You have to You have to get it right, Dan. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Yeah, sorry, What mate, would excite me in the transfer window? Well, that's a different thing. Like, you know. um, what would excite me in the transfer window would definitely be a real upgrade on the midfield, a real upgrade on the midfield players, and I mean that, and also... A, a, a centre forward that's going to score goals. Fair play. Sophie, what about yourself? In a nutshell, although I said at the beginning of the show that it's a cog and a wheel and it's not about the name on the back of the shirt, I also believe fans are important. Bringing and putting bums on seats is important. Selling shirts and merchandise internationally is important. Marquee signing. Bring a next wave of hero to the Arsenal. He has been on a platform, fighting, showing heart. He's a brilliant player, managed by the best manager in modern football, won everything. Sign Zinchenko, make a statement signing. And then when you bring in the Fabio Vieiras or the Martinez's or Marquinhos, whoever it is, it's like, fine. But we need that marquee signing. And I would say a marquee signing that can come in and challenge any player to being captain of the club as well. I would love that type of signing soon. Interesting. Um, I really want to see the positions covered that I believe we're really weak in. And I don't have any faith that defensive midfield and two strikers are going to come to the Arsenal. So I'd love to be proved wrong. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the. I'd love to get to Crystal Palace and go, wow, we actually have two players in every position. That would actually excite me. And I know we started off saying that none of these marquee signings are going to come. I think I've kind of accepted that I'm not expecting anybody of this massive Dennis Burkamp stature to come into the club now, just because of where we are. But actually what would excite me is if I believe that this team has the enough strength in depth to compete in the Europa League, the Premier League for top four positions, or definitely top three in my opinion anyway, to be the best of the rest. And of course have enough strength in depth to go quite far in the domestic cups. Because I think sometimes, a lot of the time, the last few seasons, we just brush them under the carpet because we're so interested in the Europa League or top four. I'd like to see us do something in one of those competitions because we're in them to try and win them. We're not in there to make up the numbers in my opinion. So the way I see it is this. Liverpool, Manchester City, they're very difficult to catch at the moment and they're going to be in both the domestic cups and the league. But I'll tell you where they're not in. They ain't in the Europa League. So let's go all out to win that competition because that gets you back into the Champions League, gets you a European, European trophy. And at the same time, we should have enough squad, in my opinion, good enough to compete in the league as well. Um, there's a couple of super chats I want to do before that we do go. Um, the first one comes from Lawrence Emmanuel. Hope you're well, Lawrence. Um, how does Austin Trusty fit into the process if Arteta wants Lissandro Martinez? Um, so if I'm going to put this one to you, I don't believe uh, we've, we've got Martinez yet and he's a player we're looking at. Austin Trusty, I don't know anything about him. I don't expect to see much of him this season, though. If I'm not going to talk about Marquinhos, I'm not going to talk about Austin Trusty. He's not a player who's going to come in and have an immediate impact on the team. He'll go on loan. Something of that ilk will happen. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be excited about that. And that's <laughs> no disrespect to the player. Oh, fair play, man. Uh, next one up is from Zane. Uh, with Jesus, Rafinha incoming, we should be challenging in the next two years, Lee. If they come, yeah. I, I, why shouldn't we be? Because I tell you what, th those two players will grow with us. 
and, and all that. Also, the younger players coming through, the Sackers, Martin Ellies, and that will be getting better and better. And what what I see, and I do, I I, I do like this little thing of like 22 year olds 24 year olds 25 year olds a little group of all of that band of brothers sort of thing <laughs> can go on. so I, I i'm i'm quite happy with that if they get those right players in the right areas tillemans 25 jesus 25 like you know so all all of a sudden that that's a that that would be like a good thing for me i, I do see what they're saying you know like sprinkle with the odd 20 the odd 30 year old in, in shackle it will be a very, very young side that could grow together and challenge. So I do agree with that, but they've got to get those players in. When people say it's incoming, I'll rather say that they're in before I start looking on that line. Eh? Fair play. The last one comes from Nathan. Big up, Nathan. Always got a great super chat and he has another one here, which is absolute blind eye. He says, why is it always one or the other with Arsenal? It's Tielemans or Vieira. It's Jesus and that's it. Why not Jesus and Ivan Tony? Why is it always one or the other? Go for it. Show some ambition for once and make the fans excited. I couldn't agree more and that's what would make me excited is if we actually do get our positions covered and I'm with you 100%, Nathan. I really do believe that that would make the, the fans relax a little bit to know just know what we've got good cover if party and Tierney are going to get injured again if Tommy Asu gets a knock we've got players to come in that we have confidence in and I think that will fill us with as much excitement yeah. as we can do going into this uh, season Sophie thanks for coming on as always absolute legend um, I need everyone to do me a favor I need everyone to smash a like on this video subscribe if you haven't done so already and go over to the Highbury squad and do exactly the same thing Highbury squad is the next show and your content is upcoming so we have a, a, a pre-recorded special tonight. It's episode six of the summer series and one Callum Chambers is on that um, with the goalkeeper of LA Galaxy. They have a camp nice. here in the summer and it was a nice way to get to talk to Callum. There's a couple of nuggets in there, um, Arsenal related, of course, but uh, next time Callum comes on, it'll be much more Arsenal chat, but it's fun and it's uh, he was very sweet. He joined us with, you know, 11 o'clock from Portugal um, so, yeah, check it out. It premieres at nine o'clock UK time this evening. Brilliant. Be on it. Be on it. Yeah, you got to get on that one. That sounds fantastic. Make sure you smash the Irish squad. It's forever growing. It's uh, doubled in subs, mate. You guys have in like literally a year. So absolutely fantastic season. And I look forward to being part of it as ever, Soph. Um, and thanks for coming on, man. Always a pleasure. What about yourself, Dan? When's your next show for you? Yeah. On your oh, channel? thank you, mate. Um Going well, gonna do man, something. Yeah, it has been, man. I'm quite surprised at, um, at how how quickly it's been going. It's been great, to be honest with you. I've tried to get as many different fans on. We always seem to keep come, coming back and talking about Arsenal. Do you know what's funny? <laughs> all the opposition fans want to talk about Arsenal as well. That's what makes me laugh the most. They yeah, all like, we're a big ah, club. come on in. Uh, massive club, man. Um, but if you will do us a favour, go and uh, support my new channel, Football's 12th, man. Um, that'd be fantastic, man. Um, I'm on my way to 3K subs. So if you could come and try and help us on the race to 3k that would be amazing um we've got seven videos out now so we'll keep growing the content it's pretty much every day every other day at the moment now that transfer windows on and we're getting loads of influencers on from all fans and all guests so thank you for that lee i appreciate the plug man um much appreciated lee always a pleasure talking to you mate go and get yourself more suntanned because you're not looking as brown as last summer mate Do you know what no I, mean? I, I shall be topping it up tomorrow topping it up tomorrow <laughs> absolutely man and thank you lastly to everybody in the chat we've had an amazing amount of you tonight loads of interaction in the stream as well um we are going to be back 
to talk to you throughout the summer transfer window and hopefully we'll see some action very very soon um until then guys we'll see you next time and as always up the arsenal